0: Welcome to the question and answer portion of this podcast. My name is Joshua Daniel. I'm an Episcopal priest at St. Columba's in Washington, DC. The questions for, for this section come from members of the Dismantling Racism class. The audio is sometimes a bit difficult to make out, but hopefully this is a valuable addition for those of you wanting to go a bit deeper into the material. Let's begin. pieces I should have in mind as I go forward into this week. Absolutely. Thank you, Jesse. Um You're a uh, a plant, actually. So what I need to do is I need to make Anthony a co-host. Maybe I should just be sharing from my computer. Okay. For those of you who are curious, I just have <laughs> going well there. You can, the <laughs> in, you can green light. i, I, I <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> um, awesome. Okay, so here's, here's we're going to go through this just a little bit, but this is a, as good a time as any to um, take a kind of refresher from some of the main claims um, that I laid out kind of in outline last time, and I hope to um, really not build an argument exactly, but keep adding textual evidence, so to speak, from the gospel for these kind of three big claims, and that is if, if, if you take a step back from the first seven chapters of the gospel of Mark, what we find is um, kind of a reversal of expectations from um, bland American cultural Christianity, which is, uh, Jesus is most interested in picking fights with the religious establishment, um, uh, with religious nationalism, and most interested in coming to the help of the, the poor, uh, uh, the outcast, the disease. The first time I just had the poor, and I didn't put outcast and disease, and you'll, I hope to say why this time mostly because those are all redundancies. If you are um, socially marginalized, you are poor. If you are diseased, you are poor. Um, but uh, someone pointed that out, but, that yes, actually Jesus is very interested in coming into literal physical contact with um, the outcast and the diseased. Um, and then, um, so those are the kind of uh, things that Jesus is going after. And then the, the construction, the, the kingdom that Jesus is building is um, is based not on tribal identity, but this radical inclusion of um, uh, 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 ethnic um, uh, diversity and uh, uh, the socially outcast. Is that what you're looking for, Jesse? Actually, that helps a lot, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How about the Romans? OK. Oh, great. Lena, I'm going to come to you next. Uh, Joe, what do you mean by the Romans? The government. Yes, perfect. So in my mind, you know, what's interesting, one of the kind of anachronisms that's a little bit hard to kind of parse out for us is that, you know, there's just no clear separation of church and state back then. Um, In in some ways, in some ways, the kind of Jewish religious authorities were very separate than the, the Roman colonizers. But oftentimes, Jesus lumps in what he calls the Herodians right. <laughs> with the scribes or the Pharisees. Um, in fact, as we'll see next week, next week, you all, is the like first big climax of the narrative of the Gospel of Mark. It's very interesting that Mark puts it so so early on, but... It, at the end of the um, big confrontation in chapter 3, um, Mark tells us that the Pharisees went out with the Herodians. <laughs> I mean, they are, they are like conspiring against Jesus. But basically, if you had to characterize both of them, what we're talking about is the aristocracy. That is the ruling class, which consisted of both foreign outsiders, um, uh, 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 the aristocracy from... Roman colonies, um, or, uh, foreign generals who were given land, specifically in Galilee we'll look at today, um, and then also the scribal class, which consisted of Sadducees and Pharisees and others, but great question. Lena? Yes, I have a question about the about ethnic or national inclusivity. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so the... It's not, it's not very in else. Great question. Great question, Lena. And I said I was going to hold off on all of these, which is a good strategy, and I'm unable to resist the temptation. I, I, so, Lena, I'd say um, in the first uh, chapters one through four, it, Jesus is laser focused um, on uh, the Judeans specifically the Galileans, um, the people around and in his community. And then, in a very, um, what I call high symbolism, Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee and starts encountering, um, the very first story in chapter 5 is uh, Jesus encountering a very Hellenized world. Um, And there we find, not in chapter 5, but soon after, the, um, his encounter with the Seraphonician woman, for instance. Um, so interestingly, even in the very first half of Mark, um, Jesus has a specifically non-Hebrew ministry to the Gentiles, I think. And but we'll get to that in a few weeks. Great question, Lena. Thank you. Yes, uh, Carol. Um, Jesus has dinner with tax collectors and sinners. Now, who, who were the sinners, and what were the sinners why are they being together with the Pets collectors? Why are they being played? Awesome. Carol, I am going to hit pause on that one. That is a perfect question. And I'm going to, uh, that's a, you're throwing a strike right down the middle um, that I'm going to try to, as I say to my little league team, make contact with. I mean, it would be nice to hit it out of the park, but like just putting the ball in play is oftentimes enough. Sorry for the extended sports metaphor, but uh there we go. Thank you, uh Carol. Any other questions or any like uh what's going on here? Yes, Patty. I just have a procedural question, because those of us who are online, um when you ask for questions, I'm a little confused about whether I should yell out, raise my hand physically, yeah. go in the chat. Thank you for drawing my attention to that, Patty. Patty, you teach quite a bit by Zoom or by... So, do you have recommendations here? Is it better to ask for people to do raised hands or um, put it in the chat? Uh, what's best procedure from your point of view? Well, um, if you ask for raised hands, you have to actually watch closely and call on people. Um, I think it's something I should last time this. List. Okay. What happens if you have have something they want to say they don't want to but it's stressful for the moderator, you. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why I'm asking perfect. People- Good. How about how about this? Something I do is get a little bit rushed and flustered because I get excited. Why don't I just take a pause after asking for questions to make sure I'm not bulldozing over someone who's waiting patiently? Is that a thank you, Patty? Uh, other questions before we get started? Yes, uh, Dwayne. Well, I, I read some of this book, in fact, the, the Saints of the Mountain. Yeah. And in the first chapter, talking about Mark 1, he makes a big point that Jesus is coming down on the side of people who want to say that God is in charge, not the king, as opposed to the, you know, when the Israelites. Got annoyed because uh, everything was kind of a mess and they thought they needed a king like everybody else, and so they got them. And now he's taking sides against that idea and putting God back at the top and saying, Let's forget all of this government king kind of thing. Uh, Dwayne, thank you very much. Um, I You know, one of, the, one of the reasons I love to do this is the discussion is always always great, and it always pushes me to think in new ways that on my own, obviously, I just wouldn't do. And um, was talking earlier about Jesus as miracle worker, and, um, and I think I've never thought about this before until today. I think there's an interesting connection with um, trying to think of Jesus as a miracle worker or a magician, and this, this question about kingship. And I hope that mean, I hope that seems very opaque because it, it, it's uh, but I'm gonna get to it, okay? I'm writing it down and I'm gonna circle back uh, back to that, Dwayne. Hey Joshua, it's Kirsten. Hey Kirsten. Something that struck me in the reading today was the emphasis on Taking back the ownership of religious I wouldn't say traditions, rituals really. Yeah. Um more than once. He said, This is not God's, this is ours. We do this for God and therefore we own the ritual and and we can decide of what we're gonna we can we can pick we own Sabbath. Right. If ours do what we want. I just was so struck by that um conven- you know, turning convention on its head. Uh, yes. You know, Awesome. Okay, so this is just what I was hoping for, Kirsten. Can you tell me, like, did that seem like new eyes to you to see the passage that way? Um, or is this like a reminder of something you already had, like, thought quite a bit about? Well, it's the, like, like, I think about the New Testament and Christianity, and, a sort of, and, and you think about particularly like the Baptist tradition. We own our, Sunder really sort of put it against how Jesus was turning Jewish tradition, particularly on his head. And there was a moment where he really just yeah. was like overturning the tables of the, in the temple. Yes. So sort of it was like, oh, no, no one's going to go like this. Right. Like, oh, our structure. Yes. Yeah, they might try to kill him, you might say. You um. might say, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but in fact, really, it's very dangerous. Yes, good, great. Yeah, my moment of that was um, reading at the end of chapter three, um, the very last thing is like a mic drop for Jesus, um, that um, whoever does the will of God is my mother and my brother and my sister. Not tribe, not even like particular religious practice. And of course, this was um, just the most radical uh, view you could have. And we're going to talk about the, um, uh, the, I am Lord of, the Sabbath is made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. Um, therefore, I say to you, the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Um, this is, uh, Dwayne, this is getting to um, kingship issues. Namely, what is the actual, what is, what is Lordship? What is what is power? Um, what 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 does it mean to be part of God's God's kingdom of power? Great, this is perfect. Yes. Hey, Don. Yeah. And so that you know that the Son of Man yes. has this authority as opposed to the Pharisees saying only oh God has that. So he's making that distinction. For some reason, this readbook I saw the distinction between God and Son of Man. Yeah. Awesome. Great, we're gonna we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about that today. And also the Son of Man. That title is what Jesus uses to describe himself, Um, uh, not Messiah or Christ or Son of God even, but Son of Man, and um, we'll we'll talk a little bit about it when we talk about chapter 4 because it's an apocalyptic image that comes from the book of Daniel, Um, but it's cool, And, and yeah, thank you, that's great. Yeah, Sarah. Um, I've kind of reading through a lot of these passages, something that actually kind of made me like a little like uncomfortable just coming from yes. sort of like my like twenty first century American cultural context is yep. um, the way that you see a lot of connection between sinfulness and people who are like very ill. Yeah. And I think a lot of Yes. Or that like, there's some sort of like divine yes. reason it like connecting with like illness. Um and I guess that's just kind of like the association is very much there and it's kind of something that like kind of makes me a little uneasy. Yeah. Thank you. Perfect. So uh could everybody hear that okay? Um on Zoom? Fantastic. Yes. So uh the big Kind of the overarching theme for today is talking about um, debt and purity, Um, and it's kind of relationship to sin. So thank you. Perfect. Um, This gets to a question that we spent maybe a little bit too much time on last week on original sin. And um, my kind of thought here is with Mark is such a bare bones book, the the doctrine you kind of have to force on it (laughs) instead of... um, Mark using technical language that um, theologians use for doctrine. And so it would be really interesting to think, how how could we make sense of it with just what Mark gives us? Um, and we're going to look at that uh, today. <coughs> Sorry, one extra yeah, question. James. Um, we talked last week a little bit about the authorship of the book and the timing yeah. that it was written. Obviously, assuming it is written when we think it's around 65 AD yeah. or whatever else, obviously... Roman persecution going on at that period of time, and the kind of so just the kind of relationship between the author and the issues around kind of authority in general. Yeah. Um, issues around the authority in what? So just, just the you know, obviously with the persecution that was going yes. on. So kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. That's great. That will come up just obliquely oh, oh, <laughs> today, but definitely um, as we go on. Okay, I think we've done. You, thank you all that you've helped set the table in a perfect way, um, put a lot of thing things out there, and I'm going to do my best to uh, direct a lot of the comments um, uh, to these issues that have been raised as we go on. Okay, we've got just a couple minutes left, so yeah. Uh, Dwayne, was that you? Well, I'm a little confused. I can understand the sinners part. Yeah. Because, because those are people who are going against um, the uh, the aristocracy, so to speak. The poor and the outcast. And the tax collectors are outcast, all right. But they're sort of uh, twisting the necks of the poor to get. So how yes. get it that you could sit well that's a great that's a great point I had not really thought about that Dwayne. but your question earlier about who Jesus calls I kind of answered that with a, a hat tip to Levi and so there's an interesting point where um, Jesus is is willing Jesus is willing to call someone who is like complicit right um, complicit in in the systems of oppression if they are willing to walk on the way with Jesus Jesus will offer a similar request or a, a similar offer to the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10 he is not willing he is not willing to walk on the path uh, so it, it, you really do see Jesus offering this to all shapes and sizes of people um, even the people who are are part of the oppressive regime, if they're willing to to turn um, uh, to reverse course. I got it. Thank you. Hey, you bet. Um, gosh, what the word sinners. Yeah. And, and it was the Greek word. It was you know. Sometimes they'll say, "Well, we would look at this word." <laughs> yeah. That's a great question. I, I I would like to look at that. Okay. Um I, I don't know off the top of my head though. Let, let me follow back next week. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Barbara. Question is, how did these people get to be debtors? You said the sinners are debtors. Is it because they were poor, they borrowed Great, great. So um, if you remember earlier on when I was talking about kind of the, the context of um, uh, the Galilean like farming industry, for instance, basically what happened is one of the, Galilee was where the all, most of the farms for all of Palestine, Galilee's up north, it's green, it's beautiful, it's still that way um, if you go to visit. Um, you go, you fly in to Tel Aviv, you drive over to Jerusalem, desert, desert, desert. You drive north a couple hours to Galilee, and you've got all of a sudden green and trees and farms. Um, uh, but anyway, so the way that the tithing system, Barbara, worked is that the ruling class, which included the religious establishment, oftentimes were taking at least half at the beginning of the harvest. Um, And and, uh, that didn't include all the other taxes. So basically, um, uh, there was legalized theft of the the poor working class. And that's for people who had farms. That was the the rent. rent. Yeah, yes. Yeah, to the people who owned the land. I'm sorry, go ahead, Barbara. Sharecroppers, sharecroppers. Right, yes. Uh, There's a version of the Lord's Prayer that instead of "trespasses" says "forgive us our debts." Right. Same word, and and it's obvious that it's debts to God in that case. Right. So, what is the meaning? What's the difference between the two meanings? Are they completely different words? Yeah. So, in in the that version of the Lord's Prayer is is um, is more true to what's going on for what Jesus is up to in mark um it doesn't make quite as much sense to us because the priestly class sadly <laughs> uh, doesn't get to charge all of you all like um 50 of your income you know i mean we just don't have the means to to steal uh, at, uh as well as they did back then and so the the, the forgive us our debts um uh, is uh, it works better in other parts of the gospel, but, but for Mark, it's or forgive us our sins works better in other ways. Um, but debt, debt was how you became um, uh, an ostracized, sinful person in need of the priestly class for forgiveness. That, that was wordy, but sorry. okay I'm gonna uh, keep the chat haven't looked at the chat but I'm going to uh, look at it and uh, circle back any questions that we didn't get to I'm gonna stay on for a little bit for anyone who um, uh, would like to to say hello but we're at nine so let's let's close in prayer Um, next week let me me pull that up real quick We didn't get to uh, the fasting um, or the unshrunken cloth or we'll have to start next week with the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath, so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath, because um, that immediately sets up the conflict of chapter three. But next week, uh, uh, chapter three, we're going to talk about chapter three, obviously. But also, as this week I gave some context with the purity and debt culture. I would like to give a little bit of context about what the the Pharisees and the Sadducees are up to, why and how Jesus is specifically responding to them as a religious movement. Jesus is very concerned about the Pharisees who appear throughout the entire gospel. Um, Why? Probably because they represented um, a very serious threat to the um, early Christian community that Mark was writing to is a guess. But um, but that's next week. Listen to prayer. The Lord be with you.'ll with you. Holy God, we ask for a moment of peace. Holy God, your word calls us. It calls us to follow you. Open our eyes. Open our ears. Prepare our bodies to follow on your path so that we may fulfill our promise, our great calling to love you, to treat every human being with dignity and love and respect in your holy name we pray, amen. Okay, thanks y'all. Bye-bye. Thank you, Joshua. And that concludes the question and answer portion of the podcast for this week hope you will join us again next week as we keep discerning ways that we might dismantle racism with Jesus as our guide. Peace.